Welcome back to the Exit Interview Podcast, episode number 19. I'm your host, as always, TJ Shark. And today's episode is going to be a little bit of an extension from last week. Last week, we talked about those difficult conversations that everybody might have to have or should have with their boss. And one of them was accepting a new job. That is a difficult conversation. And a lot of us are in our current role and maybe would love to accept a new job, but don't know where to start. So that's why I'm here to help you out. And we're going to discuss the eight steps in order to make a successful career change. Now, before I really dive into that, like always, get a little weekend update here because we are coming off of a holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed. You did some something fun with your friends or family. I got to do some fun things uh, on Saturday. I went back down to my hometown, Akron, Ohio, took in a little minor league baseball, the Rubber Ducks, and I uh, got to meet up with a friend I haven't seen in a while. He's been in Vegas for, for years, and uh, he came back into town for the weekend, got to have some fun with him, and uh, went to one of the best Italian restaurants in Akron. It's a staple. If you haven't checked it out, gotta go check it out. It's called Luigi's, and if you like cheese on your salad... This is the spot to go. Trust me. They put about like two to three pounds of cheese on your salad. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I'm a fan of cheese, but it is overkill. But it is unique. And uh, it is something to experience. So check that out. And then, uh, let's see. On Sunday, I got to go to Oktoberfest. I'm, I'm German. Hannah's German. We got to go taking the Glockenspiel. Uh, watched the wiener dog races. I had some halushki potato pancakes and pierogies. Oh my gosh. I had some wiener schnitzel. All the good stuff. All the staples. Uh, so all in all, it was a really good weekend. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. You know, the eight steps to a successful career change. Here we go. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. Usually I like to use a article or a blog post online as a guide, kind of as a roadmap uh, to, to the concept here. And today I'm going to use an article from themuse.com, great little website that shares a lot of career advice, uh, trainings, they offer coaching, they do you know a lot of different things, so they're actually a really cool resource definitely check them out today i'm going to be using a article by jenny foss eight steps to an utterly successful career change and she starts off with uh defining your why where you know a lot of people definitely you know at at this juncture if you're here and you want to make a career change you know so many people know that they hate or they've outgrown their jobs, or they've reached a certain plateau in their jobs to where they can't grow anymore, or that next step isn't something they want to do, so they're looking for that career change. But not a lot of us go beyond that. So you got to be clear on the why before you start steamrolling towards something new. Otherwise, you can just end up in a different spot, but 
still in the same situation, hating your job, not liking the next uh, role that you might have as as you advance in that career. So, you know, my kind of advice would be, you know, talk to people, talk to people in that industry. If you've identified what industry that is that you want to make a leap to, if you don't know anybody, if, you know, if you don't have any friends or family that are in that industry. Do the old cold calling method on LinkedIn and just reach out to people in that industry. You, know, you can easily just introduce yourself, say, you know, hey, I, I know you don't know me, but I'm looking at making a career change. I'm in your area. Uh, I, I see that you're, you know, a very well-established professional in this area, and I would just love to pick your brain to see if it would be the correct move for myself. A lot of people. Uh, if you're genuine and authentic, they'll they'll respond to that. They'll respond to that. So that would be one of my tips to do that. Uh, think about these questions. Why do I want this? Why do I think this new career will make my life better? And then what might the downsides or risks be? I think that's a, a very important one to, to take a look at too as well. You know, if I do make this career change, you know, what am I sacrificing? What am I losing? But then also, you know, what am I gaining? So it's kind of a, a, a nice way to assess the advantages and disadvantages and analyze them to see, you know, do the, the positives outweigh the negatives or vice versa. And then you'll be able to make or take action from there. I think that's a lot of the times what we all struggle with are really in any type of decision that we make and it's about where do I start, right? So defining your why is step one. Step two would be get clear on the what. What does this new job or career look like? What does it not look like? Also a very important question to consider is do you have any career capital in this? So in other words, are you going to be able to leverage your skills, your contacts, your professional brand to make a successful transition? This is an important one to understand in, uh, you know, a lot of people say, so many people drink the fall, uh, drink the follow your passion and everything will fall into place, Kool-Aid. But scientific research done by a computer scientist named Cal Newport shows that those who follow their passion statistically have a lower probability of finding long-term career fulfillment than those who leverage existing career capital when making a shift. Newport suggests that you're much better off pivoting into roles that leverage the career capital you've already built up over the years and drawn upon these areas of expertise in new and creative ways. I'm not the biggest fan of that because I am a big fan of obviously following your passions. And I think if you have a passion, you already have some skills in it or you're chasing it in some form or fashion in the career that you're in. So to compare those two things, I think is a little unfair. I mean, obviously the people that are just blindly following their passion with no skills or experience in it are going to have a lower probability of finding long-term career fulfillment than those who actually 
leverage existing career capital. Anybody that can utilize and leverage existing career capital is always going to be more successful. So I don't think those are two things to compare fairly, but he does make a good point here, right? You can't just blindly jump in and completely scrap everything because even though maybe you think that you have to do that in order to make a career change, I'm sure there's a lot of skills that you can still utilize in this new role. I mean, you know, just something as basic as time management skills or leadership skills or organizational skills. There's a lot of things that you can utilize and leverage in a new career because, you know, a lot of skills are transferable, right? They're just about being a regular productive human being. So uh, keep those in mind. Assess kind of what you do now, what you like to do now, and in your new role, do you get to do those? And that's kind of brings us back to that, that second question, what does it not look like? You know, what are some of the things in your role that you don't like to do, and in this new career path, are you going to still have to do those? You know, is your main goal to eliminate those things? Then, looking at the new role... Is it going to, am I going to have to do that? And I've had to do this a couple times in my career. I've made career changes. Now, granted, they've all been in a sales role, but, you know, I've tried to shift to a more marketing role and I've tried to shift in different industries. And every industry is very different in, you know, the type of people you're dealing with and and obviously the product or service that you're, you're selling so you do have to develop different skills. It's very different selling B2B than it is selling B2C. And I had to learn that in my career, and that was very different. And I'm not sure which one I like better. I kind of, each one of them has their their positives. Uh, I, I think maybe I, I do probably enjoy business to business a little bit more uh, because they're a little bit more clear on exactly what they want versus a customer that kind of doesn't know you have to massage that relationship a little bit better. But I like the customer side because you are creating more of a relationship and a bond and it is about kind of genuinely liking somebody. And I really like that aspect aspect about sales. So that's uh, step number two, get clear on the what identify what that new job is going to look like and identify can you get those things that you're missing in your current role and does that that new role eliminate some of the things that you really don't like in your role. So step number three is figure out the what's it going to take. Are you lacking certain skills that you need to be an attractive candidate for this new type of role? Do you need certifications, classes, licenses? So take inventory of everything, all your skills, assess what it's going to take to get into this new role. Are you going to need to, on the side, take some classes, get certifications, things like that? Sometimes even if you do, it's entirely within reach. It could be a simple matter of taking an online course or gaining some baseline proficiencies so that you can say confidently, yes, I know Excel, or uh, yes, I can work with QuickBooks. 
but sometimes you need more extensive educations or licenses. You need to assess this out and make decisions on whether you're willing to make the front-end investment this pivot requires. So this is a very important one because it's thinking about that next career change logically and actually putting it the steps into action so you're able to look at your life and go, okay, is it worth it to where, yes, I don't like where I'm currently at, but in order to get to that career that I want that will give me those things that I want, I need to, you know, take this online class or maybe I need to spend years at doing, you know, this and there maybe it's not worth it. Or maybe you just pick the wrong, the the next industry to go to, find something else. I would say all is not lost because guess what? I get it too in this aspect of, you know, you work a job and you hate it and every day you go home and you are just mentally or physically exhausted and the last thing you want to do is A, look for another job, B, take an online class in order to get into a new industry. It's just that the thought of it is so mentally exhausting and draining. So I understand that it's tough. But if you've done these steps and you know what's on the line and you know what's on the, you know, on the other side of that bridge, then you'll be that much more motivated and you'll either, you know, force yourself to do it or be, you know, motivated, that much more motivated to do it once you know what's at stake. So that's step three, what's it going to take? Moving on to step four, make an action plan. Begin with the end in mind with your action plan. What's your primary goal and ideal timeline? Once you've got that nailed down, Break it down into major milestones. Skills you need to acquire, people you need to meet, things you need to wrap up in your current job, personal things you've, uh, you need attention to prior to making this shift. What are those milestones? Now assign yourself daily or weekly tasks so that you know what exactly you'll be doing when you sit down in front of your computer in the name of career pivoting. So you don't want to free will uh, free will this as you complete these skills you'll also likely notice how small steps tend to have a snowball effect and give you both momentum and confidence that this is in fact a real possibility i like that too because in the sense that you know you start doing these things now you're actually experiencing some of these skills that you're going to do in your new career and you'll understand if you like them or not And you should already probably be in a state of, I don't want to say stress or, uh, you know, just mentally drained, but you're learning new things. You're doing this new role and you still like it. So you'll know that you'll be able to do them in, you know, an actual real situation. You know, when you're at work, you're doing a lot of different things. We all get stressed even if we love our job. So this might be a good little trial run, right? So step number four was make the action plan. Step number five is track the effort. Respect yourself enough to track the effort. 
monitor how you're doing and what you need to be doing next. Set up reminders so you follow up on these when you need to. If you're going to invest time and energy to make this happen, invest time and energy to track your process. A simple Excel spreadsheet will do wonders. If you're not an Excel person, use the tools that make the most sense to you so you don't abandon ship on it. So just like in anything in business, you're trying something new, you're, you, you always want to track your results and your efforts to see, you know, is this the right course of action? You know, I, have, I, put, I invested a lot of time and effort into taking this class after work. Am I happier after it? Do I, do I like what I'm learning? Can I see myself doing this uh, as a career and growing in it? Am I going to enjoy it? Again, like I said before, I know how draining and exhausting a unsatisfactory career can be. But don't let that stop you in chasing what you want. But you have to know what you want in order to chase it. So that's really steps one through five are all about. Right, It's making an action plan, understanding the why and the what, and, and tracking your efforts and actually making an effort to move forward to chase that goal. So step number six, shift your brand. This is where it gets a little tricky, uh, but I like how uh, she'll put this in here. So steps number six, seven, and eight are almost like their social goals, which I think a lot of us tend to forget. So shift your brand. You will need to shift your professional brand so that you make so that you make sense to your new target audience. Simple rule. The easier you make it for them to get you, the better the odds that you'll want to know or that they'll want to know more. Nobody's going to deduce how or why you may make sense for any particular role or career path. Forget about it. Instead, you have to make it smack in the forehead obvious on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, your cover letter, why you make perfect sense for the roles you're applying for. Your competitors, at least some of them, are going to look great on paper but they've been in that industry or worked in similar roles for several years. So how are you going to brand yourself in a way that not only makes sense or seems logical, but maybe position positions you as the clear standout? I think this is kind of an obvious uh, example of, you know, everybody wants to look good on their resume and, and this and that. But what, what she's getting at here is... I I think a lot of us are, you know, gone are the days of the resume. And I think a lot of good companies to work for aren't just looking at a resume. They want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. But the first steps in order to do that is they're going to go online. And like it or not, we're in the digital world now. And your LinkedIn profile cross-reference with your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, all those things, they're going to be looked at and they're going to be assessed. So in this new career, 
are you a voice in that industry? Or do you incorporate that somehow into your life? Now, a lot of you may be saying, well, that's bullshit because I have my personal life and I have my professional life. I don't blend them. They don't need to blend because, you know, it has nothing to do with my professional life. And listen, I understand that. And there is always, uh, it is always good to keep that divided or at least separated a little bit. But I think if you're living your passion and you want more out of your job, you're probably one that, I don't know, wears their heart on their sleeve or, uh, you you know, you want to, I, I think as businesses go into the future, I think that we're becoming all a little bit more melded with the personal and professional lives. And I think it's becoming more okay where you can be yourself, you can be authentic. And if you're doing that, then that transition with your personal professional life should be melding a little bit more. And I mean, it's even like what I'm doing now on LinkedIn, you know, I'm a digital marketer. I'm a salesperson. Uh, and if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, looked at the things I shared, you, you'd know it, right? And the people that I'm connected with, you'd know it. Now, I was never really in the marketing space before. I've always been in the sales space. I know they're very closely related. However, I did make that brand shift known, and I dove right in. And I think that's you know, only helping me in establishing my quote-unquote authority in the industry. So that's, I think, what she's saying here is, you know, shifting your brand, just almost like living your passion, living that new role, that new role that you know that you're going to love and be passionate about and love to get up every morning to, to go do, that should be integrated in your day-to-day life. And if it's something that you can't integrate in your every day-to-day life, then I'd also, you know, say do some more for further assessing of is this the right career path, the new career that I want to do? Is the grass truly greener on the other side? You can see that. You can define that. You don't have to take that leap of faith and realize that you're back in the same situation. So that's what this whole article is really about, is making sure you take those right steps and you're not just taking a gamble on, I just need to get the heck out of here. I don't care what it is or where it is. I just know any place has got to be better than here, right? I think we all think like that, but if we take these simple steps, we'll be able to not waste our efforts, not bang our head against the wall continuously with poor career choices and, and poor roles and, and poor managers and, you know, poor everything, you know, you know, doing a job that's beneath us or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, limited career opportunity, career growth opportunities. So that was uh, step number six, shifting your brand, your professional or personal brand. Seven is mobilize your posse. This one's interesting because it's, it's what I was kind of hitting on earlier. Get the people on board, especially ones you know will always have your back. So this is 
like I said, what I was uh, talking about earlier about uh, LinkedIn reaching out to people, uh, you know, follow certain people in that new industry, have a voice, start commenting, start interacting, start sharing things, and understand not even just for like posturing purposes of saying, look at me. It's all, I mean, it's for you, you know, so you can have a conversation. You can learn the lingo, speak the lingo, talk to people in that industry. Maybe you spark up a nice personal relationship with somebody in that industry and you find out new things that you couldn't have before. And the other aspect of this is, you know, getting people on board, not only just externally and people in that industry, it's also about, you know, maybe a current coworker or a family member. Get somebody that you know knows what you've been going through because they've seen, you know, your spouse, you come home every day and you're just miserable, but they know your true skills and your true passions. Get somebody like that on your side, which I mean they are, but talk to them. Use them as a resource because they're going to give you the confidence and they're going to give you the reassurance that this is the right move. You're going to be so much more happy if you make this move and that they're going to be there to help you and assist you. So that was step number seven. Mobilize your posse. Utilize the people around you that can help you, whether it's with just emotional support or actually real physical support, meaning that, you know, if you're, you know, it's one thing to just tell somebody, yeah, I'm thinking about becoming a great writer. It's fine and well, but it doesn't really spell out the what you need or how specifically they can help. So think about that too as well. Other people that maybe can open some doors for you, get you a foot in the door somewhere else and, or in that new profession, I, I guess is what I'm saying. So think about that, step number seven. Uh, now that leads us to the final one, step number eight. Get in cahoots with the right people people. You absolutely must get to know passionate and successful people working within that field of interest. Don't stress about this. People are more generous with their time and input than you think, especially when you show interest in them and acknowledge or validate some something that they're doing professionally. So exactly what I'm talking about with just kind of reaching out to people on LinkedIn is the best way to do it. That's the best platform right now. And because it's the professional platform, you can understand, you can identify by whole industries. You know, you got a couple companies in mind. Heck, you can even reach out to somebody in the company that you might be trying to get a job with. And heck, in sales, when you start talking to somebody about their passion or in, in them and their role, they can talk all day about it. So trust me. You'd be surprised at how receptive a lot of these people are when you approach them with the aspect of like, hey, I'd just like to pick your brain. I see that you've done very well in your career. I see that you're working on this project right now. I think it's so interesting. And I'm saying to do this in a genuine uh, genuine uh, approach. It's not just some trick, but I'm just saying don't be afraid that you're going to, what, I'm going to randomly reach out to somebody and they're going to share with me all their secrets? No, it's, you know, it, it, there's a certain way to go about doing it and approaching it. And when you 
approach it from that angle about being genuinely interested in the things that they're doing. They're spending, you know, their hard-earned time working on, you know, in that profession, you know, maybe on that project. They they would love to talk about it, and I'm sure that their significant other is probably sick of hearing it. So they want to hear it from somebody else with a new perspective, and you can provide that. So you're providing them value while also Obviously, they're providing you value. So also, always remember that no one wants to be ambushed. The best way to approach this is by paying a compliment or noting something that they're doing that seems interesting or impressive. After you build a bit of rapport, then you can ask for a favor or a bit of their time. And without a doubt, thank everyone who gives you input and advice along the way, better yet, implement their their input. This is the best thank you you can give, is actually utilizing their advice. And it's kind of a a double-edged sword, where, yeah, you're getting that advice, but also you're creating another contact in that industry to where maybe they can help you utilize and assist you in that career transition. So those are the six steps that the muse from the article, got to get to it here, eight steps to an utterly successful career change. They, They share, I think that the synopsis of it, that kind of we, you know, we've already talked about, it's about, really defining the who, who, what, why, where, and how aspects of how I'm going to go about making this career change, you know, what that career change looks like, what, what I want in the new role, what don't I, and then, you know, ad- adapting to the, the audience around that, that career, you know, changing your personal brand, uh, discussing with people in the industry, and, and also, you know, keep this in mind that, you know, if you do follow those steps one through eight in that order, still recognize that in steps seven and eight, you're still assessing if this is something you want to do or not. So even if you've spent some time learning new skills, reaching out to new people, keep in mind that you're never committed completely to, to any of this, right? So don't let that scare you away to where... You know, day one, you have to decide whether you're going to do it or not. And then once you do it, it's like, oh, I no turning back. Because a lot of times when we do these exercises, maybe we'll realize that that new career path is not the one that we want to be in. Maybe we realize or, or things have gotten better at the job. And I'd say be cautious of that feeling. You know, when you're going through this exercise, it, it can be daunting. It can be difficult. And if things in your current role that you, you know, want to leave or you hate or you realize that there's no further growth opportunities there and you're just exhausted, but then, hey, one day you experience some success and things start to get a little bit better and then that looks a little bit more feasible, uh, you know, to stay in that role, I need you, the one most important thing that I'll leave you guys with, for me, is don't fall into that trap of having some success in your current role and then the the daunting 
task of those eight steps of how much work it might be to make that career change, don't just kind of fall back in your own ways, you know? Don't let it, don't let the the enticing aspect of not doing anything allure you to stay in your current role. That is the worst thing you could probably do. And that's a very real option, is the option of not doing anything. I think that's, whoever out there is listening right now in taking notes, that's kind of what you've been stuck in, right? You hit a, a roadblock in your current career, but you don't know what to do. And maybe now you know what to do, but it's a little daunting and maybe tomorrow you have a good pat on the back from your boss and then you go, hey, maybe this isn't so bad. I'll just stay here because the thought of making a whole career change is scary and I'd rather, you know, we're humans, right? We want to seek good, positive, comforting feelings versus just change. Right? Any change is uncomfortable, but change is necessary. Change is growth. So that's my uh, two cents on the end there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. See y'all later. So that is a wrap on episode number 19 of the Exit Interview Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining me. Hopefully you found this insightful and helpful in your career transition. If you guys have any other questions or steps to follow, maybe you've done it before. Maybe you've successfully made a career change. I'd love to hear from you. So as always, you know, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Give us your comments, your questions, or, or your experiences Uh, You can share them on the Facebook group, the Exit Interview Podcast, and follow me on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram at the Shark 216 or Orange Shark Media. Thanks a lot. You guys have a great week. See you later.